Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. All right, so um, turning your Bibles, let's start with uh, Luke 24. Um, and I uh, just wanted to say, Happy Pentecost. Man, I love Pentecost. That was a good day. Do you think they were surprised or what? <laughs> they were like, what's happening right now? I don't know, but it's good. All right, what did I say? Luke 24. All right, so. Jesus. I ask that you would come and that you would open us up. Open our minds. Open our hearts. We want to receive the fullness of your word this morning. In Jesus' name. Oh, before I start, I'll forget. This man right here in the middle with the little girl in his lap. What's your name? Marios. Is that right? Marios. So I got a word for you. I saw you as Paul Bunyan. And I felt like the Lord was saying that you are a, um, not just even a pioneer, but you're somebody that even goes before pioneers. Like you are the tip of the spear man. And you prepare the way. He's called you to be an end time messenger to prepare the way for the return of Jesus. And so I believe that he wants you to be encouraged this morning. You're not a settler. You're not that, you know, the pioneers make a way for the settlers to come, but you are 10 years before the rest of the tribe. And so don't forsake that place. And, and the Lord wants you to know that sometimes he knows that you feel lonely, like being out in front and you're like, I'm hearing this, but you know, I'm looking around and I feel like I'm alone. And the Lord said that there are 7,000 others who are walking in the spirit of Elijah. There's actually a whole company that is in the earth right now and you are like them. And so I just bless you in that. Amen. All right. Yeah. Give the Holy Spirit a hand. All right. So Jesus, he uh, rose from the dead, and um, afterwards, he's like hanging out, right? So he's just hanging out, and um, sometimes he hung out, um, and he looked like Jesus, and other times he hung out, and he didn't look like Jesus, right? I mean, let's talk about the road to Emmaus, right? But we're going to start right here in Luke, and I'm going to start in verse 44. All right, so he's talking to his disciples. Now, they all know he's there, and they're all like, what is happening? And he says to them in, in chapter 24, verse 44, then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. And so something happened to them as he's speaking to them about the Torah, the five books of Moses, as he's speaking to them about the Psalms, as he's talking to them about the, all of the books of the prophet. What he's saying is, I've been here all along. And so they, they, they get this revelation of Jesus in the word, right? And, and it causes them to come alive. And then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that the repentance and the remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things, 
verse 49, behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Where you are endued, you're clothed. I'm about to mantle you with power. I'm about to take a mantle and I'm going to clothe you in my power. And so he not only says this to the disciples, but if you look a little earlier, Right over here in Luke uh, chapter 24, verse 27, he says to the guys, he's hanging out with the guys on the road to Emmaus. Of course, they don't know he's Jesus because he's he has not revealed himself to them. But these are some of his disciples. He says, and the beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all of the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Look down at verse 32. And they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us. So he says this twice. Now, don't you know, if I, if you're about to die and something you say, the last thing you say, it's going to be a summation. It's going to be, this is really important, so pay attention. Okay? So what he's doing is he's summarizing some things up and he said, listen, I am the beginning and the end. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I have been and I will always be. I am the first. I am the last. And he's saying, I have been here from the beginning. And this word is a revelation of who I am. I was with Moses. I was with Elijah. I was with Isaiah. I was and always will be. And so he begins to expound on that. And what happens is the word said that he opened their understanding. You guys know I've been talking about this. I've been saying it since the beginning of the year. The most important question that you have to ask yourself is this. Do I know God? And does God know me? Not do I go to church, not do I feed the poor, not do I prophesy, not do I walk in the things of the Spirit, but do I know him? And does he know me? And so what he did is he awakened them in their minds before he poured out his Spirit. So he prepared them to understand who he is in his word. Why would he do that? Well, I'm going to tell you, but not right now. All right, I want you to turn now to Mark chapter 16. No, it's not chapter. Yeah, it's chapter 16, Mark. Okay, so we're looking at the end. Again, the last thing he said. Chapter 16, verse 15. Go into all of the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I don't know about y'all, but I've actually preached the gospel to animals. Great story. So I was in Honduras, and I have this agreement with the Lord. Love Honduras. I was, I was, I was like, um, okay, I'll go wherever you send me, Lord, but I can't do bugs. You know I can't do bugs. I am such a city girl, and I hate bugs. And so I'm like, you know, I can't do that. And uh, so we are in Honduras. It doesn't matter where I go. This happens to me now everywhere I go because the Lord said, all right, if you'll go, then you don't have to worry about the bugs. And so I'm like, okay. 
So anyway, everybody's, it's with that Zika thing. You know, there's always something to try to scare believers, but we ain't going to be scared. So anyway, so, uh, you know, I'm like, no mosquito. I'm not worried about that. And, and, you know, the people that I'm with are saying you need to spray yourself down with this deep so you don't get mosquitoes. And I said, no, I, don't, I have an agreement with the Lord. I don't need to worry about that. And so we are preaching in an outdoor um, cabana looking thing. And you look up and the ceiling is like, you can't really see the ceiling because it's just like a bug ceiling. And then the poles, you know, are solid bugs. And then there's like this, it's hot. It's hot. It's like beyond hot. It's like, ooh, hot. And um, so there's a swarm of mosquitoes. I mean, you can see them. They're, they almost make like a cloud. And so um, everybody's like, I mean, these are the people that sprayed. And I'm just sitting there. I'm telling you, I didn't have one mosquito bite the whole time I was there. Amen? Right. I'm telling you, go preach the gospel. You don't need to worry about bugs. I preach that gospel to those mosquitoes. Don't mess with me. Same thing, I was in Israel, and ants were crawling all over a good friend of mine. I won't mention her name. It's right over there. And so she can't even listen to this guy preaching a message because there's mosqu- there's uh, ants all over her. They're crawling all over her. And she's like, I don't get it because she's sitting next to me, and literally the ants are walking around my body, like forming a line around my body and <laughs> going straight to her. That's okay. We'll talk about that agreement. You and I will pray together. Anyway, all right, bugs. Every creature needs to hear the gospel. That's what they're there for. They're not there to bite you. They just want to hear the gospel. You preach the gospel, they'll go away. Amen? All right, verse 16. Um, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these are the signs that will follow those who believe. Okay, these will be the sign of those who are saved. No. He said, these will be the signs of those who believe. Now, you're already saved. You already believed unto salvation. But he said, look, these will be the signs that follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. They will drink anything deadly. It will by no means come near them. Wait, uh, what? They will, they will wear masks and be afraid that they're going to get coronavirus. No, no, that's not what it said. It says they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. Hallelujah. Whatever. Don't be offended. If you, uh, listen, I will offend you. I promise. Because the gospel offends. It does. It offends. Somebody comes up to you. I want to tell you this. Somebody comes up to you and harasses you for not wearing a mask in a store. This is what I want you to do. Are you ready? You say to them, I'm sorry, I can't wear a mask because it impedes my ability to preach the gospel. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? For he is the king of peace. He is the king of love. And perfect love casts out all fear. Are you afraid you're going to get sick? Because I've got the solution for you. Let me pray for you right now. I want you to be in the kingdom. Amen? It's a great opportunity. I'm so happy you came over to yell at me about not wearing a mask because I have some good news for you. Come on. It's our finest hour. Oh, wait. Everybody's groaning. That's what's happening. Have you watched that? Are you watching it on the news? Are you watching all creation beginning to groan? Guess what they're groaning for? 
They're groaning for you. Where are the sons of God? Violence. They're so violent. They're so angry. They're so angry. They're plotting and planning and all of that. None of that really matters because they're groaning for us, the sons of God that will take their place and begin to take these things under control according to his spirit. Amen? All right. Clothed in power. All right. Now we're going to get to the good part. Now, one of the things that he did not say is he didn't say, hey, this is for the pastors of the churches only. He said, no, this is for all who believe. This is for all who believe. This is if you've been saved, you're in the club, okay? We're all in the club. We're all part, and it's not the country club. Get that out of your head. It is the army. You're in an army. You got drafted into an army. You didn't get drafted into a country club, okay? It's not a cruise ship. It's a life ship. A life. It is. It, we are in the, what's the name of the people on the water that go around and rescue people? The Coast Guard. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you got a reward. You get a mint. That's all I've got right now. All right, Acts. Let's turn to the book of Acts. All right, so Jesus is hanging out with them for 40 days, right? 40 days, he hangs out with them. Think about that. You're like, you're just like mostly dead. You're not really dead. You're like alive, but you haven't really risen yet. And you're hanging out with us. He's eating food. That's weird. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just look at that and I think to myself, hmm, okay. So he's just saying, look, you know, I'm, and before he, goes up again. He says to them, wait for the promise of the Father. Go to the upper room and wait for the promise of the Father, because the promise of the Father is for all who receive it, and this is going to be the good news. But you know, for them, they have no idea what the promise of the Father is. They don't know what that's going to look like. They don't know tongues of fire. They don't know any of that, right? It's just like today, there is a baptism of fire that is coming to his people. And guess what? It's not going to look like this. It's going to look like something different. And you've never seen it before. You can't try to figure it out. And it is going to be completely explosive. And it's going to blow everyone's mind. All right. So, so they're hanging out up there. And it says in chapter 1, verse 14, these all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, amen, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and all of his brothers. And then in chapter 2, it says, when the day of Pentecost, Pentecost means 50 days. So when the 50 days had finally come, and it's called the Feast of Weeks, so the Feast of Weeks had finally come, had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a, a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat on each one of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. And so what was happening there, Peter, very, now remember what, what, you know, here you've got the ignorant fishermen, right? You've got these guys, they are not schooled, they are not, they are, they just like, John said, they smell like fish, you know? Um, by the way, that's really not a fishing trip. It's more of a catching trip. So it's like, whatever, you just stick a word. Yeah, this is a catching generation, by the way. Amen? 
All right, so where was I? Fish. Okay. Um, so, but Jesus had already opened their understanding. He had already awakened their understanding to know the scriptures. So what does Peter do? Peter immediately comes with wisdom from heaven, and he begins to assign and give understanding to what's happening, right? And so he quotes Joel chapter 2 here in chapter 2, verse 17, and he says, here's what's happening. We're not drunk. I don't know about you, but when the Holy Spirit comes and it's really powerful, I feel drunk. People can tell you sometimes my tongue gets really big and it's hard for me to talk. I mean, I don't want this to sound weird or whatever, but, and then sometimes I fall out on the floor under the power of the Holy Spirit. And then sometimes I shake and then sometimes I laugh, like ugly laugh, like, like guffawing kind of hyena laugh. And, and it's like, and, and at the time, I don't even care. I'm like, I, I don't care what you think of me. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's like all, like everything, every veil has been taken away. And I'm so free. You know, I'm like, woo, isn't this fun? One time we were so drunk in the Spirit, John and I did a mosh pit or whatever. We jumped into the crowd of our are like, like literally ran and jumped. And fortunately, they caught us. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, thank goodness we didn't get a broken hip. Anyway, y'all need to hang out with us more. It is a lot of fun to do a mosh pit from this stage, you know. So anyway, Peter said this. We're not drunk. Um, you know, it's early in the morning. Um, but he said this in verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, said the Lord, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters, daughters, women, shall prophesy, and your young men shall have see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Say it. Prophesy. Say it again. Prophesy. Okay. What is prophecy? You're just taken what's in heaven, and you're bringing it to the earth. It's like we work for UPS. We're just the delivery system. We're the place where the ladder, Jacob's ladder, whoop, up and down, up and down, up and down. That's how we do it, right? On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. So we prophesy. Now, he said, you're going to see things. You prophesy. You're going to hear things. You prophesy. That's how we take governmental authority over the earth. That's what the earth is waiting to see. The earth is groaning, and all of creation is waiting for the sons of God to begin to take their position, know who they are, and begin to speak to the things that are not as though they are. Am I right? Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm 107, verse 2 said, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so to the violence that's going on. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So I've been practicing over the last 20 years of how to be a son of God, a daughter of God, whatever, bride of Christ. You're the bride of Christ. I'm the son of God. Whatever. You know what I mean. 
And so I've had the opportunity to do crazy stuff, weird stuff. But when you're in faith, don't you know, most people don't get you. Because they're like, that makes absolutely no sense that you would be doing that. I'm like, I know. I'm totally misunderstood most of the time. But God told me to do it. We don't have the money for it. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a thing. Man, when you like it, you're like, God, I have all these dreams and all these promises. Can you write me a million-dollar check so I can go do it? He's like, mm, you go do it, and then I'll back you. <laughs> okay. So I've been practicing on um, changing weather patterns a lot. So I've kind of gotten known for this, to be the person that changes weather. Um, which is interesting because I actually got a prophecy years ago that I was going to be like Storm in the X-Men, which I thought was kind of cool because I love her outfit. I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> she has kind of weird eyes, but whatever. <laughs> Look at that outfit. So um, uh, anyway, so I've been practicing, and I always ask the Lord, can I move this front? Can I move this system? Can I stand before this blah, blah, blah? And he's always like, yes, 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 yes. So anyway, uh, great story. John and I were on our 20th anniversary, spent a lot of money. And, you know, when you're putting money out and you're on your vacation and you arrive in the place that you're going, we went to Costa Rica and the lady said, it's like pouring down rain. And I'm thinking, that's so weird. Why is it raining? I thought this was like tropical paradise or whatever. And she's like, uh, yeah, we're renting our car. And she goes, yeah, you're here during the rainy season. It rains every day, all day. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, no, that's not, <laughs> that's not going to work for me. <laughs> and the word says that whatever you ask, whatever you desire, you ask, and you're, if you're abiding in the Lord and you're abiding in Christ, he'll give it to you, right? So I'm like, well, I desire not to not have a tan when I get home. So, Lord, I, can, I, can I hold off the rain? And this, this place that we were going was on, like, how many acres, babe? 400 acres. So there we are. We're on the coast, but we're in this 400-acre compound. And, um, and so I'm, like, the whole way down there, it's, like, raining on our way from the airport. I'm, like, so I'm, like, speaking to the weather. And I'm, like, you are not going to rain on my vacation. You are not going to rain on my vacation. I declare it in Jesus' name. And I push the rain back. And I thank you, Father, that the rain can co not come near this property. And it's so weird because I'm not even thinking about what I'm actually saying or the lines that I'm drawing. Guys, I am telling you, for seven days we were there. It did not rain on that property for one day. Not one drop of rain. Now, whenever we went outside of it, like we went deep sea fishing, which was so much fun. We John caught his sailfish, and we caught lots of other things. But anyway, um, when we were out there, it was raining. And I was like, I didn't even think about praying of extending it. And then we get on our property, sun is shining. We're like, wow, this is incredible. And so several of the employees there were like, this is so weird. Y'all are so lucky because it's never sunny this time of year. Like it is never, never, never sunny. Like we have never seen it like this. So the last day that we're there, we check out. I'm on my way in the parking lot to my car and it starts to sprinkle. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. And it rained all the way back to the airport. Hallelujah. So anyway, I've kind of become as, and so everywhere I go now, I'm like, Lord, can I change the weather? And he's like, yes. And it doesn't have to be like just the times when there's a tornado coming. 
It's like literally like, okay, so the guys are working on my pool and it's raining, but they can't do it. So can I change the weather pattern? And the Lord's like, yes. And so then like it goes from raining for the whole week. Oh, by the way, that was me. And um, all, all last week to sunshine like all uh, last week. And so I was like, okay, that's awesome. So we got our pool finished. Hallelujah. But that's what I'm telling you. Listen, this is what the suns do. They rule in rain. The weather, they rule in rain over sickness. They rule in rain over everything. We partner with God. You know, we're always like, God, you know, I really need your help. And he's like, no, I already did what I was supposed to do. Now you do what you're supposed to do. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So the Lord has been preparing his end-time messengers through this worldwide prayer movement, those who can hear and see and prophesy. It's not what you do that's going to affect change, but it is what you believe. Remember, he said that in, in, uh, in Mark. He said, if you believe, then you will do these things. I am absolutely convinced. I am absolutely convinced from Romans chapter 4 where Paul was writing about Abraham, and he said Abraham was absolutely convinced, 100% convinced in the promises and the things that God said. Therefore, those things were fulfilled. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. I'm telling you, you got to get some of that absolutely convinced business going on. We have to be absolutely convinced. I was accused left and right for not staying home. And they said, you're going to get us sick because you're not staying home. And I said, what are you talking about? I am absolutely convinced that I will not get sick. No one in my family will get sick. No one in this church has gotten sick. I am absolutely convinced that coronavirus cannot come near us no sickness or disease because the word says so, therefore it is done. And I said, and God bless you. But I tell you what, they're going to have to kill me before they keep me from coming in this room and contending in prayer and loosing the word of God over this city and over this nation. Amen. I'm not rebellious. I'm just, yes, that. I just want y'all to know, though, honestly, I mean, you know, we look back at things like, you know, the Third Reich and Germany, and we think to ourselves, oh, I would have never done those things. But don't you know that the Third Reich said to the German people, We're doing these things to try to keep you safe. And I'm telling you, there is no safety in the world, only in Christ. And he's the one we follow. And man, I'm going to be the ones hiding the Jews in my attic. And when they come to me, I'm going to be going, nope, there's no Jews here. Sorry. Nope. Sorry. I mean, that's just, I mean, we're going to have to get real about this. It's not about what you do, but it's about what you believe. And you will do according to what you believe. We're in the time of shaking. And it's time to prophesy. It's time for the light to begin to shine in the darkness, guys. Our mission statement is this. Storehouse is a family that exists to train an army 
to train an army to access heaven and transform the earth through continual prayer, worship, kingdom, discipleship, unto a great awakening. God is shaking everything that can be shaken. Why? Because he's, he's looking for those who, who to see what type of foundation you have. What's your foundation? Did you, do, is your foundation fear or is your foundation faith? Now, a lot of us have been going through it over the last 20 years. Can I get an amen? That's just, that's just preparation. It's just preparation for what we're rolling into. I will teach you, we will teach you how to get heaven to the earth. So I had this dream uh, back in 2019, towards the end of 2019, and it was probably one of the most impactful dreams that I've ever had. And, um, and so it was, I was all of a sudden found myself in the book of Revelation, and I was in chapter 4. You know chapter 4 where all the weird things are. So you've got the 24 elders, you've got the four living creatures. It's kind of a weird dream. But I was there. I was in that scene, and I'm walking through the scene. As I'm walking through the scene, I realize I'm walking on the, on the pages of my Bible, my personal Bible. And so I'm seeing all of this, and I'm seeing the 24 elders, and they're, they're casting their crowns down, and they're bowing down. And, um, and I see this light, like I'm walking towards this light, and I see a hand come out of the light with the scroll. And I see Jesus go, and he takes the scroll. And I'm saying this a little fast because the point that I'm trying to make is towards the end of the dream. And I just can't even believe that I'm even there. But as I'm watching this, as I'm seeing this, and he opens the scroll, and then I see the 24 elders fall at his feet, at the feet of Jesus. And then I begin to see this new song that's being sung. And it's a song of authority. It's a, th- it's a song that, of redemption that we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb so that we are now kings and priests and we will rule, rule and reign in the earth. Not rule and reign in heaven when we die. We rule and reign in the earth now. We're being given authority once again. He got the keys and he's like, I got the keys now. These are the keys of authority. Now you go do the stuff. Don't whine. I don't want to hear you complaining. There's nothing to complain about. You have all authority in heaven, and I've given it to you. Therefore, use it. Learn how to use it. We're an army. Learn how to fight. This is what, all right, so let me, let me, okay, so I'm at the end of chapter five, and I look over, and I see Jesus, and he's standing on Revelation Chapter 117, where he's, his eyes are like a flame of fire. It was terrifying. And, uh, and he said, now, uh, Revelation 117 is where he said, I'm the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega, okay? So, again, he's saying, listen, I'm, 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 I'm going to awaken your understanding about who I am. I was at the beginning. I am at the end. I'm everything in between. I am. And he said this to me. I'm not who they think I am. In other words, they don't know me. So my journey, my personal journey, has been this prayer room. Somebody asked me one time, they said, with the the amount of revelation and the amount of miracles and the amount of stuff, why don't you just become itinerant? Why didn't you do that? 
your testimony, you were saved by hearing the audible voice of the Lord. You went into all of these dreams and open visions, and there was this whole supernatural thing with the way that you were saved. Why didn't you start the itinerant thing? Why didn't you go out on the road? And I said, because the Lord told me to build a house of prayer. The Lord arrested me in prayer. And that became the main thing. And I understood what wisdom of God to say, you have to get the love thing. You know, you have to get the revelation of the knowledge of who I am first. And then I'll clothe you. Watch me clothe you in power. You can do them both at the same time. But what I'm saying to you is that we... believe that this knowledge of God is the centerpiece of this prayer room and, the, and what God is doing in the earth. Do you know that in the last, how many years, 20 years, there have been houses of prayer that have sprung up all over the earth because God is preparing a bride. God is preparing to come back, and he's not going to come back for an organization He's coming back for an organism. He's saying, I I, I didn't create you to go do stuff. I created you to become something. To become something. To become like me. I'm looking for a, a company of people. I'm looking for people on the earth that look like I look. You're a reflection of my glory. So... We need to learn the knowledge of God in these three ways. Number one, yes, I love numbers, to know his heart. Number one, to know his heart. That means intimately knowing his character and his nature, that he loves us. Let me tell you something. I lost my daughter six months ago. John and I lost our daughter. And even though that happened, there wasn't a moment where we didn't know that God loved us. We knew that we were loved even then. All of these bad things that happened to you, it doesn't change the fact that he loves you. It doesn't change the fact that he loves you. And sometimes you have to get it out of your mouth going, oh, I'm crushed. I'm crushed. I'm pressed down. But I'm still here. I know you love me. I know you love me. And I declare it to the, to the north, south, east, and west. I am loved by God. I am a daughter of God. And you love me. With or without my daughter, you love me. With or without my money, you love me. With or without my success, you love me. With or without my reputation, God, you love me. Amen? Amen. I learned this at his feet in the prayer room. Number two. To know his word, both written and spoken. To know God's word. When you get in heaven, there's no more reading the Bible. There's the revelation of Jesus because he's standing right in front of you and every cell just had, you know, within a blink of an eye, had full understanding. I'm telling you, the treasure of seeking him out, the journey that we get to go on through his word, that he becomes alive and we begin to weep at his word. It is so glorious to know his word, both written and spoken. Number three, to know his ways. 
the ways of the kingdom, to know how to flow in love. We flow in love. We flow in the word, but we know how to sow and we know how to reap. I sow love. I reap love. I sow healing. I sow the word of God. Amen. All right. So we do this in three ways. We introduce you to the prayer room to learn to hear his voice and sit at his feet, to learn how to declare his word when you receive it. We do this secondly through introducing the revelation of Jesus in the Bible and in the spirit. We teach you and we train you not just here. Through, we teach you how to, how to, what to do with the dreams. You know, I hear people tell me all the time, oh, my God, I had this dream. I can't believe, la, 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 la. It's so horrible. And then they tell it to me, and I'm like, oh, this is what this means. Blah, 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 blah. And they're like, really? Wow, that was a really good dream. Right? It's not what you think it is. There's a great book. Uh, Barbie Brethet puts out a very comprehensive book. I encourage you to go get it. It's like this huge dictionary of, of symbology for dreams. And no, it's not New Age. It's in the Bible. So um, I encourage you to get that. Open visions, same thing. So the Lord gave me an open vision and told me what to pray over you today. It's like, kind of like cheating. <laughs> All right, we train you to function in his ways so that you can produce 100-fold fruit. How many of you want to produce like 5%, 1%? How many of you want to produce 100%? Right? All right. And listen, I'm not a prosperity gospel preacher, but I am not a poverty gospel preacher either. And I'm telling you, God has created us to prosper in the earth, right? The world's not like, oh, let's be like those poor people over there. No. We are called to carry the wisdom of heaven and bring all of the resources that heaven has to the earth. We should own the mainstream media. We should own Hollywood. Amen? We should own all of the hospitals where we go, we love you doctors, we'll call you if we need you, but I think we got this. All right, so here's what I want to do. I'm going to pray for you, um, but here's what I want you to do. This is, this is where the rubber meets the road and where it gets fun. Would you guys believe with me for storms to hit every major city in America, where they're, they are rioting, and let's just rain these guys out. I mean, why not, right? And the Lord said, don't forsake the assembly together, because where two or more gather together, I will be in their midst. When two or more come into agreement, I will be with them. So let's stand. We're going to pray for a baptism of the Holy Spirit in a second, but let's just rumble over this because we need to shut this thing down and begin to speak to it. All right, so, Father, we come before you and we ask you, God.